And I'm Oni Parcha, and welcome to Even the Little Things podcast. Yes, today we actually have some very special guests joining us for this episode. So that sounds interesting. Please stick around. Before we start, we should remind everyone that we're not professionals in any field and that this podcast is just to talk about the big and even the little things. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Even the Little Things. As mentioned before, we have some very special guests from a lot of different podcasts, actually, to join us in talking about this amazing book called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo um, by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, but before we do that, I feel like it's best to introduce our guests because what kind of host would we be if we don't let them introduce themselves? So who wants to go first? I guess I'll go first. Um, Hello, everyone. My name is Matthew, and I'm the host of the That's So Matthew podcast, where on my show, I talk about all things Disney Channel with amazing guests all across the globe. And some fun facts about me is that I have a fear of ladybugs. I can't explain it at all. It's, it's, It's just a natural thing. I also do theater, and I'm in choir. I also like to read books a lot, hence why I'm here today. And I am so excited to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Hi, um, I'm Halima. I usually introduce myself with my full name, so this is so weird. But hi, I'm Halima. I'm the host of A Little Perspective. I basically talk about anything, whether it's a societal issue like systemic racism to more interesting things like sustainable fashion. And contrary to what Matthew said, I am not afraid of ladybugs, but I think a fun fact about myself is that I play two instruments. I play saxophone and piano, and a lot of people don't really know that. So that's my fun fact. And yeah, I actually picked up reading super, super recently, so I'm glad and just really excited to be here. Okay, I'll go next. Um, Hi, my name is Amara, and I'm one of the co-hosts on Just A Podcast. And on our show, my friends, Milan Kennedy, and me talk about some of the issues in our everyday lives and just what it's like to be a teen in Georgia. And I love to read. I've been reading since I was probably a little kid, and I think that's like my only personality trait. But um, some fun facts about me are I love mac and cheese, and my favorite book right now is Normal People by Sally Rooney. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Gabby and Julia was the other person who talked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're the host of the Seriously Not Serious podcast. Um, on our podcast, we talk a little bit about everything, lifestyle and motivation, being the best version of yourself, um, helping people um, be the best versions of themselves, uh, motivate themselves and um, know that they can do anything that they want to. Um, fun fact about us we're from Brazil and I don't know what else (laughs) and we're both 17 and yeah that's basically it we don't do much (laughs) rather than the podcast but yeah that's it okay I'm Carmen and I'm seven a 17 year old junior from Kentucky and I host the girly girl podcast which is pretty much just a girl advice podcast talking about everything from boys, periods, friends, 
you name it. Fun fact about me is that I have a twin sister. I'm currently in the car right now. And that my, the book I'm reading right now is called The Hating Game. And if you haven't read it, you need to do so right now. It's so good. I'm actually obsessed. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Oh my God. That is one of the best books I've read this year. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Actually, yesterday I was talking to Amara about it and I was telling her, I was like, if I could do one thing, I would just like pretend like I hadn't read it so I could read it again for the first time because it really is that good. Um, side note, that just shows you how much of us in here are um, spicy romance readers. Okay, we really like we really like the romance reads. There's I've never new- read it before though. So I feel like I need to read it because everyone's like freaking out over it. So I That's will add it weird. to my list. No, you you Do have it. to read it. Matthew, I mean, you need to. It's so good. You'll love it. It's life-changing, life-altering. It's, what's that Lady Gaga quote where she's like, talented, spectacular, brilliant, whatever that is, it's that. Um, it's that good. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I think we're all readers here. I think that's super interesting. And I know these people are some people that I'm some close people that I'm with in the podcast community. So that's really fun. Um, And yeah, I think we should just go into ramble now. I think I'll just start. I'll just inject some conversation into here. Um, So right now we're like the podcast book club, but I think that's kind of boring. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think we need like a fun name. I think we need like a fun, catchy name. And some people are like, what do you like listening to? They'll be like this book club. So um, any thoughts, anybody? I feel like I'm the worst person ever to come up with names. I literally cannot do it. I was going to say that. (laughs) I come up with the worst names for every single thing. I'm the worst. I remember when I was like coming up with my podcast name, we literally brainstormed for like three hours and we could not think of anything. Like it, it was horrible. We were on FaceTime and we were asking everyone around us. We were like Googling all these random things. We were trying to find ways to squish our names together, but it was not working. So I, <laughs> I'm horrible at naming things. See, I couldn't do the whole name combination thing because it's kind of just me, but um, I actually used a name generator on Google. That's what gave me the name a little perspective, but I did have like a ton and one of them was overthink. I hated it, but yeah, I'm not good at names either if you didn't guess already. Uh, Okay, I have an idea. So you guys can all either give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So the first thing that came to mind when Hannah asked the question was the page turners. I don't know why, but I think that's like not that bad. That's really good. I like that. I love that. Yeah. I kind of like that. I, You know what, Matthew? You must have a thing for names. Because I was about to say, when back to the podcast name thing, when, <laughs> this is very embarrassing, when Dewani and, <laughs> when Dewani and I <laughs> first came up with a name for our podcast, um, we went through like, you know, the, like the notes app on your iPhone, like we were just writing on there. And this is really embarrassing. But like some of the names we came up with were they could be like Wattpad bad book titles. Like just, it was, it was that bad. And like, I think one of the ones we were really obsessed with was like from your older sister or something like that. And I'm really glad we didn't name it that because I feel like it'd be really awkward every single episode to introduce ourselves and be like, it's your older sisters. That feels weird. That feels like something Jake Paul would say, but like if he was like a woman. Um, so I'm glad we didn't do that because Again, I'm glad we didn't do that. But I like the page turners. 
I think that is something I think that is something we should do. I think we should become the page turners. And you know what? Maybe I'll put it on Instagram. Maybe I'll be like, hey, do you like this name for us? And we'll see. But I think it's spicy. I think it's good. Have you guys have read Harry Potter? It reminds me of like a time turner. I don't know why. I just, I really like it. I'm a fan. Go you, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. What else can we ramble about? What else? What else is there? Let me think. Um, oh, since we're talking about books, booktubers, does anybody watch any booktubers on YouTube? Um, do you have any favorites? I really like Noelle Gallagher. I also like this girl named Chandler Ainsley. It's just the only thing with her is that we have totally different tastes. Like I, my taste does not match hers. Anybody else? I love Cindy Pham. She's my favorite. I think she's so funny. Like, even though we don't really read some of the same books, she she knows how to make fun of books in a really good way, like providing commentary, but also being hilarious. Like, I think the other day, I think she uploaded yesterday, actually, and she was talking about um, like City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. And she was like, she made a spaghetti bath bomb because apparently in the book, like, the main character takes a spaghetti bath. I don't remember. I read that in like eighth grade, but I just thought it was hilarious. So you guys should check her out if you haven't already. Yeah, I didn't even know booktube was a thing. I feel so like uneducated here. <laughs> I watched this one YouTuber, but I actually forgot her name. I just know her first name. Um, she's called Steph something. Um, I, I discovered her on TikTok. So I started um, watching her recently, but she always post videos about romance so she gives like a bunch of recommendations and since I'm like addicted to romance I'm always um seeing her recommendations she has videos of like enemies to lovers or like the brother's best friend and then she gives a bunch of recommendations so um I'm a fan of her I'm gonna find out the name and then I'll tell you guys um one of my favorites is I haven't like been a huge booktube like watcher but I used to go I had this huge booktube phase and the first one that came to mind was I don't know what her name is or like her, what her like channel name is, but her name is Christine and she was in the video that you like sent to the group chat last night. Yeah, that one, the one that Hannah just typed in. I don't pull pull in the bananas. Uh, Hannah, you're muted, but. Yeah, she's like the OG booktube queen. I mean, when I was in my sixth grade reading every day, just book nerd on Goodreads, like, okay, well, that's me still now. But like when I was in middle school, like at the height of like braces and like, yeah, at the height of awkwardness, she was my icon. She was who I wanted to be. My personality was her. Also, I had like a huge, I love the To All the Boys I Love Before um, series. And so like, in eighth grade, I wanted to be like Lara Jean. Like I thought I was Lara Jean. Like she was my personality. So um, yeah, I project I project onto fictional characters a lot. So that's kind of embarrassing. But um, now everybody who listens to this podcast knows like how much of a book nerd I am because I've mentioned it. But now you're gonna figure out that I'm really weird. Yeah, with me, I found that a habit I would have, like I picked up, because I was a book nerd too, it was so bad. It was like at its peak in sixth grade for me too. But I found that what I'll do is like, I'll paint image of like the characters in my head, which I think everyone does, it's not weird. But like, I'll literally make like a movie, like a whole like, 
like I'll put like actors, I'll cast everyone. And then when I search up, oh, there's not gonna be production. It's kind of, it's heartbreaking for me. I did this with this book. I actually haven't researched it though yet. I think like when I was in middle school, I was obsessed with the selection series and I, oh my goodness, I had a whole cast for that. I, I literally, love it. it's such, I don't know if it's a good anymore. Like I haven't read it in three years, but I, <laughs> I was obsessed with that book. My friends and I, we'd like, we, we'd fight over the girls about which ones we like better. Like I remember I loved Celeste and all of my friends liked America and I was like oh my gosh no I can't believe you like America she's so annoying I love Celeste like we'd we cast all of them it was it was a time but I don't like the spinoff series so I'm literally looking at my my books right now um and I, I couldn't agree more like I loved it I've read it twice like the entire series it's so good but I didn't really like the spinoff as well like I feel like they were just trying to come up with new stuff but it wasn't worth it. I feel like they should have stopped um, with the last book of America. I really wanted to be America singer. Like, I don't know. I really wanted like the whole red hair and stuff. And that was like probably my favorite book. And like the spinoff, they had like, I think two or like one or two, I forget. Like the first one was okay. And then it just got like progressively worse. You actually did dye your hair red, didn't you dye? Not because of that, but like in eighth grade, <laughs> we dyed her hair with Kool-Aid. Um, fun faxies, right? It was, like, it was like a summer trend or I saw it somewhere and my hair is like black. So I didn't think it would like show up. So I dyed my ends of my hair with Kool-Aid and it kind of worked, but then I chopped off my hair. So. I was just going to say another ramble thing I was going to add was this is a book pet peeve of mine and it ties in with what we're going to talk about later. But when a book takes so long to really get going and get in the feel of the book, because I I just, it really bothers me because I'm like, I don't want to say impatient, but I am slightly like impatient. I'm like a go, go, go person. And so specifically while reading this book, a little bit of spoiler alert, I was like, hurry up. (laughs) Like, and I'm reading a book right now. It's the same way. So it's definitely a book pet peeve of mine. It's just like a slow, like start into the book. Yeah, I agree, like 100%. I, I'm not um, afraid to admit I'm very impatient when it comes to reading. Like, I'll literally skim and then go back and then go back and then skim and then go back. It's so bad. I'm the exact same person like Matthew just described me. I have a book that um, it's a romance and then it wasn't really ha- like anything was happening. And then I like skipped um and saw that like they were only gonna meet at like page 130 and I gave up on reading the book because like I was gonna read so many useless things into page 130 just so they so that the boy and the girl get to know them uh no wait what were you gonna say Carmen before um well kind of related to this well first of all I think they're making the selection series into like a tv show which that'll just be so special and then also, I think I'm kind of at the opposite because I read more fantasy books. I've talked to this about this with Hannah. I like a lot of world building, so I can deal with the slow books. Like I read a book, I think it was a Sarah J. Mass book, and it was like 900 pages. And they didn't even like touch like hands until like page 500. So that was the struggle. But I mean, it doesn't bother me that much.
here's my thing. And everybody who talks to me about books knows this. I'm obsessed with romance and I'm really sorry, but if we're going to go into like 300 pages plus of like war scenes, it better be like afterwards we're like at least like fighting for love or something. Like it's not just like for my for for my um world, for my whatever, what what's the I don't know, for my kingdom. I don't care about that. I care about like who are we fighting for after? Like who are we trying to get to after? Like um and like I can't deal with like I just can't get into books that are just like really like huge on like other stuff. Like I have to like have one main focus or else I'm just like bored. Like I can't read science fiction. Similar yeah. to what Carmen, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you can go, you can go. Oh, I was just gonna say like, similar to what Carmen said, I read a lot of fantasy too, but I was thinking like, I recently read um, From Blood and Ash and it's like a really popular like fantasy book. And I hated that book. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hated it it was so bad it took like 600 pages for something to even happen I was not a fan I'm so sorry Carmen I don't know if I should read the second book or not though girl okay I loved loved that book it was so good the second one was even better but I mean if you don't like it you probably shouldn't because I know I was talking to this about this with Hannah, um, I read Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass, and that book was long, so long. It was, I think, 900 pages, and it was really slow at first, but I mean, the end was good, but I feel like if you can't stick around with it, it's not really worth it. I don't like Crescent City. I really like Sarah J. Mass books. Oh, also, Fear of Mine, I literally tweeted, like, a year ago, like, I don't want the appetite. I texted Amara this and I also probably texted Carmen about this, but I was like, I tweeted like literally a month ago, like I don't want the Akatar series to become a movie or a TV show because then I'll have to explain to people around me like what I've been reading. And like yesterday they just announced that. And like, I was like, hmm, worst nightmare. But also, but also looking forward to it. Um, but anyways, I think that was some good ramble. I think that was some good talk before some energy. Um, clearly we all vibe with each other. Um, but now I think we should just get into the book talk, what we're all here for. Um, so yeah, we made everyone read. Well, I didn't make, I didn't force anybody, but we picked out this book. It's called, not that anyone can see this because we don't do like that, but um, everyone on the screen can see it. But we um, picked out The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So we all like voted and we were like, yay, let's read this. Um, and we all read it. Um, I think we all have different feelings about it. So I think first, I think we should summarize the book for people who might not have read it. And you know what? We're going to go into spoilers. So if you don't want to read it, you're not a reader, but you want to hear this podcast, we're going to go into spoilers. Um, I think we should summarize it. Uh, who wants to go first with the summary, like break it into chunks? Well, I think the best way to put it, I actually had to summarize to my friend yesterday, so I think I'm prepared. But basically it's about um, this film star, like legend icon, Evelyn Hugo. And she's about 79, I believe, at the beginning of the story. And a rather a relatively irrelevant journalist um, named Monique Grant um, gets the opportunity, a huge opportunity to take up her story and just do a cover story on her for Vivant, I think that's how you pronounce it, this really prestigious magazine company. And basically, um, 
Evelyn Hugo is pretty infamous for her seven husbands, not just her many, like her very extensive list of works. And so she's able to interview her and kind of get insight into what that was like. And everything kind of derails and switches paths when Evelyn um, lets Monique know that she specifically chose her for a very specific reason that's pretty ominous that we don't get to learn till the very end, like last 50 pages of the book, which is really annoying. But yeah, um, it's basically about, um, it's like a little flashback into each of the relationships that Evelyn had throughout her entire life. And it kind of goes into why these relationships existed in the volume that they did. And I think it was just a really interesting read. I don't know if that was a good summary. It was a great one. Very glad, thank you, thank you. Uh, so I guess I'll summarize it really quickly next. So it really starts off, um, like I said, a little slow for my liking. But we start off, we have Monique Grant, and she gets this opportunity, like the opportunity of a lifetime to get this cover story. This will launch her into like fame and success for the rest of her life. She's only like 34, 35, I think they said. And then you got Evelyn Hugo, who is a huge movie star, Hollywood icon, love her. And so she starts writing the story. We get all these flashbacks. And I was I loved how it was broken up into like the sections of the husbands. Because sometimes when I'm reading, I can't follow the timelines of like specific things like jumping back and forth. And one thing about this book is it does that the whole time. It switches between present day and then her husband's. And we meet so many characters. We meet so many friends like Sally. Uh, C- uh, I don't know how to say her name. Celia. 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 Yeah. Okay. That one. <laughs> Thank you, Amara, for typing it out in the chat. See, I can't even do it, but I loved her. She was amazing. Iconic. And I think the part about this book that just sets it apart is the narrative, uh, which I'm going to kind of jump to the end a little bit, but the part that really like made this book unique with the story is that like in the end, you kind of find out that you're reading the book or the story that she wrote, which they don't specifically say, but they allude to. And I was, I was, my jaw dropped. My jaw just dropped. And then I texted Hannah right away. I was like, just shocked. I was, I was dead. I was on the floor, but it was so good. I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. So I think that Halima and Matthew really, um, really told you like what the book's about. So if you want to go read it, you should go read it. Um, But yeah, it's like the dual perspective. Um, So you have this journalist, she's kind of going through a midlife crisis, not gonna lie. Like, (laughs) yeah, her life is not going great. She's getting a divorce. She feels underused at this magazine company. But for some reason, the elusive Evelyn Hugo really wants her to do this cover story on her. And so then she figures out that it's not a cover story. She wants her to write the biography of her life and she wants her to publish it when she dies. Um, so it's very ominous because like, how do you know you're going to die one and two, why do you want me in the first place? And so we go through Evelyn's life. Um, as mentioned, she has seven husbands, um, but it's, it's not all what you think. And so now I'm going to go into spoilers a bit. So, um, maybe, yeah. So she has her first husband, Ernie, um, which is how she gets out of, like, she's in an abusive relationship with her father. And so how she gets out of Hell's Kitchen is where she lives, um, is, and she's very young at this time. She's about like, what, 16, something like that, like 14, something very young. Um, So she marries this guy named Ernie Diaz to get out and go to Hollywood because she wants to become an actress. Anyone want to take over from there? 
yeah, um, I think that's the first thing that kind of like switched my whole mentality on the book because I figured, oh, all of the husbands are just going to be people that she really loved, but they probably all died or like she just fell out of love when really they were just like stepping stones. So I think Ernie was the most obvious one. It was at the beginning, like he was only there to help her get to Hollywood. She didn't have any intentions of like falling in love with him. So I think that really alluded to the fact that all of the husbands or at least five out of seven were people that she didn't actually love. I think I had a different perspective. I just kind of assumed since she had seven, she didn't really love any of them. And also that she would just use it to further her career, which honestly, that's kind of a vibe. And also going back to what Matthew was saying, I truly hated Celia. I didn't like her one bit. I thought she was annoying. I thought she was rude. And she just did so many things. I did not like her. I didn't like a lot of characters in this book, but I liked the book overall. Yes, and we'll go into that. We'll have a whole discussion about who we liked and who we didn't like because I have some very strong opinions on certain characters and I think that's why my rating is the way it is. Um, and we'll go into ratings too. Um, so yeah, that's her first husband. Her second husband, so some plot happens. Um, basically, she like sleeps <laughs> she, yeah. so she sleeps with this like studio producer because back then in Hollywood, um, historical background, things um back then in hollywood they would have like production companies that will pump out these actresses i don't know if you've ever seen um the show on netflix hollywood that is like a perfect way to describe what's happening right now um but they basically pump out these actresses and actors and they change their names and they basically control their lives um so they don't really have any say in what they do and so she knows this so she sleeps with the producer to get her the part of joe in her and a new movie that they're producing called Little Woman. Um, it's not called Little Woman because that's an actual thing. Little Woman's a book. I love it. I love it. Amazing. Um, Greta Gerwig is awesome. Anyways, um, so then she um, she set up with this actor called Don Adler. Um, and everyone can take it away from here. I really liked him at first, at first before like we found out what he was doing to Evelyn. Like he was sweet and Although he was like seven or like nine years older than her and they got married when they were 19, which I was kind of like shocked, but then I realized like it takes place in like the 1930s, like around that time. So 40s or something like that. So it, I was like, okay, that's kind of understandable. But then like after what he did, like, are we about to like spoil stuff now, right? Okay, like when he pushed her down the stairs, I was just like, what the heck? And he started beating her and he only liked her when he was happy, when he was having bad days, he would like hit her and she like stayed for like a little bit. I just hated him after that. So he wasn't my favorite, but I feel like in the end, he redeemed himself a little bit, but still didn't like him for like hitting her at all. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit weird at first because they, um, he kind of like fell in love with her so quickly um which is something that I don't like in any romance book like I feel like you should build up things so if it was like a, an actual like true love thing it would be it would take longer but then he he was just like in love with her and they decided to get married um but I felt like okay so he's actually nice and he actually loves her but then he starts to do those awful things um and then instantly I hated him with everything <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about y'all. Oh, sorry. But that chap, like that section just made me really emotional. I don't know why. Not like I haven't had that experience, but I just could, I could really 
like empathize with her and realize how awful that was and I don't think I'd ever really seen like that much of a perspective and also when he came back into her life in the later years I didn't know how to feel but I thought it was just interesting how in each of Evelyn Evelyn's relationships it was like they each had a different component to it like some of them were abusive some of them are good some of them were just like her friend and I thought that was really interesting yeah, I really um, agree with you on the emotional aspect of that. I think um, a big thing with Evelyn's character, I think we can talk about this in a bit, but is that she's really looking for love and acceptance. I think that's what she's she's really after. And so I think at first she thinks that fame will get her this love and acceptance, um, but then she realizes that she can have love and acceptance through um, a relationship or a partner or something like that. And I mean, I think that you need to find love and acceptance from yourself. Um, but I think at first she realizes, hey, um, if fame's not gonna get me this love and acceptance, like not yet at least, then I can get it from this guy, Don. Um, but when he um, is really abusive towards her, I think she she really retracts um, like this thing because she's always been searching for love and acceptance and she hasn't gotten that from anybody in her life until she meets Celia St. James. So that's like the next portion. So she's cast in this movie now um, for Little Woman and there's this really rising star. Her name is Celia James. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I imagine her looking kind of like Emma Stone, kind of like a, a young Emma Stone. She's, you know, um, I think that's kind of what I thought. So, and um, I went into this book blind. So I had no idea this was gonna happen, but she seemed, she sort of like develops this relationship with Celia and it all comes to a head when they're at this like Oscar party and um, she finds out that Dawn's cheating on her, but she also finds out that Celia has feelings for her, um, which I think she, I honestly, she was like, that's more important to me right now, um, so. Okay, so I noted uh, earlier on in the like recording, you some of you mentioned that you weren't a huge fan of the person who I cannot say, uh, the one who we were just talking about. I don't even want to attempt it anymore. And at first, I was like really skeptical of her. Like I really had like this picture in my head that she was going to be like the villain because you see she's kind of getting like more attention. You know, she's becoming more famous. And then you see Evelyn, who's kind of just, she's coming famous but she's still kind of laying low and everyone seems to pay more attention to the other character again still can't say the name uh, <laughs> and I just was kind of like feeling that there was going to be kind of like this unnecessary relationship of like a hatred towards them but then when we find out that she had feelings and that was another moment that kind of just made me stop in my tracks because this whole book, you hear seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. You're like, oh, it's going to be a husband. She's going to fall in love with a man. But no, I was just, and I think that it was so different, especially because this is like in the 1960s, 70s, maybe earlier. I just thought that that was so unexpected. And I, it was just a huge twist. But I think that it made the book more enjoyable. And I really liked that character towards the end. But at the beginning, I was kind of just not a fan. I think Celia had like a lot of issues that she needed to work through throughout the story. Like same with Evelyn. I feel like as she matured, things got, you know, better, obviously. But in the beginning, like at the beginning of Celia and Evelyn's relationship, 
I feel like she wasn't allowing Evelyn to have any room to figure herself out because she'd never been with a woman before. And I think Celia had so much like biophobia towards, she had so much biophobia towards Evelyn. Like Evelyn was just trying to figure herself out and Celia was over here like, no, you can only like women. Like you cannot like men. And it was just so, it was so annoying for me. I, I kind of appreciated Celia. Like I liked her character and especially at the end I did, but oh my goodness. Let her let this girl figure herself out. Like, oh my, oh my gosh. That was, I was about to say that. And I want to preface this by saying that I'm not a part of that community. So I don't want to like speak for anybody, but I definitely feel like Celia, the root of their most of their relationship problems was based on like biphobia because um Celia really tried to, and I mean we haven't finished summarizing, but Celia really tried to push Evelyn to um, only like, not only like woman, but when Evelyn had to do things that, okay, and I'm not saying Evelyn's a saint because I do not, I don't think that some of the things she did were good. Like for example, she slept with somebody so that they could be together. And see, that sounds ridiculous, right? So I get how Celia's feeling. The only thing is her main problem wasn't that, that she did this for their relationship. She wasn't like, oh, that's wrong. Her main problem was that she slept with a man. Like that was the root of the issue. The root of the issue was that she had a problem with Evelyn's sexuality. And, and that's what I feel. I don't, I don't know if that's what the author intended, but for me, I feel like the issue keeps going back to Evelyn's sexuality. And you see that again later in the book when she has to do this pretty, um, pretty nuanced sex scene in this movie for um, Max Gerard. You're going to find out him later. Um, and Celia gets really upset. And I, I understand why she would get upset again. But I think the whole thing is rooted in it. She thinks that because Evelyn is not a lesbian, because she's bisexual, she can't do all this for Evelyn. And because she's been with men, she can't be with Celia. I 100% agree. And I, I think... Um something that Celia didn't think about was that Evelyn was discovering this about herself like Evelyn didn't I, I'm also not a part of this community but Evelyn also didn't know that she was bi so she was discovering herself in this new um in th this new um kind of I don't know orientation um but and then Celia was already like expecting her to to act like she was used to this to this life that she was she already knew what she wanted and all that and that she, she I feel like Celia expected that Evelyn would just um adapt to her way of living and that be it but she didn't really as as Mara said like she didn't really um give her um space to to grow and and all that yeah I feel like it's really important to kind of acknowledge like the historical context that was going around at the time it was like the 50s 60s at latest like the 70s and I feel like at that time just the whole like um obviously homophobia was like a systemic thing it still is but I feel like at the time people weren't as aware of bisexuality like it was either you're straight or you're gay like there's no in between so I feel like that's like because I felt like biphobia was like it existed here but that's not a term that they use it's not something that people were aware about so when Celia was kind of being like really pressuring towards um Evelyn for not like for not disregarding the fact that she also likes men I think you have to realize that at the time it was acceptable like not acceptable obviously to be gay but it was known that you're either straight or gay so I feel like that was something that influenced her that historical context 
I just think like with Celia, it was really unfortunate that it was like all or nothing. Like if Evelyn did not have, like was not able to figure it out, she ditched her for like five, six, seven, seven plus years until they somehow miraculously found each other again. And I just think like, if you really love somebody and if you want to have a relationship with someone, regardless of if it's a romantic relationship or a platonic relationship, like you got to wait for them to figure it out and you got to help them with it too. You can't just say, okay, well, I'm leaving you now and you find me again if um, you're ready to work this out. Like that was just one thing that I didn't like about Celia, about how it was always like black or white. There was no gray in a lot of their relationship issues. Yeah, and I feel like going off of what Amara said, like the fact that every single time they hit like a bump in the road, they would like separate for years, like half a decade. I was like, that is such a long time. Maybe it's because I'm 16, I don't know, but like that is such a long time. And that's so much progress that they could have like made. So I just feel like it was really, in a way like petty on both ends for them to just separate for that long instead of trying to work things through. Because even though like sleeping with somebody else isn't minor, I feel like, they were relatively minor compared to things that were going on. So I feel like progress could have been made that they just didn't want to make. I totally sure. agree. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just going to say that the same thing with like them separating because for a while, like when you were reading, they would like mention her name like a couple times. But for the whole middle part of the book, you don't really have any development in their relationship, their friendship. And so I was kind of thinking that maybe like that whole aspect of the book was over, like her questioning, like her her exploring her love with like her and I was just so sad like when she wasn't there because even though she was very problematic like we've been saying I just felt like reading and that was the one that like brought the most emotion to the book even if it was not a very positive emotion in that sense totally um what I was gonna say is that I feel like something extremely important in any relationship is communication and I feel like they didn't really have like a conversation a proper conversation like they sat down and try to to understand each other's feelings and all that so every time that um something happened they would just part ways and then come back and it would kind of like be all over again um if, I feel like if they had um communicated more they feel their feelings and, and um they could have been more open to each other I feel like they, they could build up at each other up and the relationship would be way better and way healthier. Yeah, so I think we kind of discussed it, but Celia and Evelyn develop this sort of relationship and um, she gets kind of outcasted from Hollywood because she gets a divorce from Dawn. And since nobody knows that Celia and her are in a relationship, um, she goes to France and she does this movie with Max Gerard and it's this very... Um, it's this very French, I'm just gonna say that, I guess that's what it is. It's very like artsy or whatever. And um, she does this scene and everyone's like obsessed with her now. And so this one like singer makes it very obvious that he likes her, his name is like Mick or whatever. And so she thinks to keep her and Celia safe um, because they're people were speculating, oh, they might be gay. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was kind of weird, but yes. Um, um, so she decides to go um, and I want to know what your guys' thoughts on this when I explain this, but she decides to go and do a little Vegas marriage with Mick. And the only way she thinks she knows she can accomplish that is giving him what he wants because she knows that she is seen as an object by many people. And she knows that he sees her 
as an object as well. So I want to know what you guys feel about this part of the book. Like, how do you feel about Evelyn's actions here? Um, what was your feelings about her, like, almost using her objectification and to her advantage? Um, like, what did you guys feel about this part of the book? I think Evelyn's a genius and that she's an icon and I mean she I think she's playing smart okay maybe yeah it seems kind of shitty to do to someone but I mean he's using her too and why shouldn't she just use him to her advantage I mean it's going to further her career and it's helping with her relationship with Celia so I mean I don't really see the problem I agree. I feel like homophobia was such a big thing back then. And she also had like dreams. Like she loved Celia, but she also wanted to be like a huge actress. Like that was her whole thing since she was young. And so I feel like it was something that she had to do if she wanted to be an actress. So like, I don't blame her. I mean, like Carmen said, like they both used each other. So it wasn't like one-sided thing. So I honestly like don't think it was bad because she wanted to protect her image and homophobia was such a big deal. She knew that if she like came out and she told people, she probably would never get movies and her dreams of being an actress was just as big as um, her wanting to be with Celia. So I feel like it was something that she had to do and it wasn't necessarily like a bad thing of her to do. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. Um, I feel like she was just trying um, to kind of balance every aspect and, and have everything um, running smoothly. So she tried, she, she decided to do that because she wanted to stay with, with Celia, but then she also wanted to maintain her career and all that. So I feel like she was, she, she was smart in a way, like she, she really took into account like what she would get from that. But yeah. Honestly, I really admired Evelyn for this. I think that like, she knew what was important to her like she knew that her career was important to her and she knew that Celia was important to her so she did whatever she had to do regardless of what the consequences were in order to get what she wanted and I think that is really commendable and I think that like just having the I guess courage to do that and not under like not knowing what maybe the consequences could be but still trying to solve your problem I I really admired her for that and Although Celia did not feel the same way, I think that, um, yeah, I think Evelyn's amazing. I love her. I want to be her. <laughs> yeah, I thought this whole situation was pretty commendable. Like, I know, like, maybe it's not, like, morally right, but, like, I thought it was pretty commendable for Evelyn because it kind of just showcases how much, like, how passionate she is about like Celia and her career and her image like to the public eye and I feel like that's something that Celia really hated and that's why I started to hate Celia a little bit because she kind of hated Evelyn for being passionate about not just herself and so I feel like it's possible to be passionate about someone you love and a career that you've worked really hard for and so I feel like through that lens Celia was definitely like getting me a little bit annoyed. I think that definitely yeah. goes to what Amara was talking about earlier with the all or nothing thing it was all or nothing but also you have to love me and so I don't know I think we're talking about biphobia but I think it also goes into like Celia's insecurities as Carmen mentioned in the chat um where she felt like um she couldn't give Evelyn everything because she was you know exploring men and women and she also felt like Evelyn in order for them to work, she had to give her, her all her love, um, which I think is interesting because they're both actors. Like, and when you're acting, you have to explore other things, um, regardless if it's fake or real. Like that's, you know, you are doing 
the action of other things. So I think that was definitely very interesting. And so what happens is they split up and they don't talk to each other. And Evelyn gets married to this guy, I believe his name is Rex, and they're in a fake relationship. Um, and, you know, I feel like people often say that Rex is one of their more favorite husbands. So how do you feel about this time period um, where she's breaking up from Celia and she's married to this guy named Rex? What do we feel? I feel like it was perfect for, I don't know, I feel like it definitely promoted growth within her career, but not like her as a person. But honestly, I liked Rex. I don't know if that's like a popular belief, but I feel like the fact that they both knew it was fake and they were both in it for like money and for like more opportunities, that was something that I liked about him, that they were on the same page. I totally agree because one of my biggest pet peeves about like the husbands in this one is they were putting in like uh, so much work and I feel like Evelyn just like wasn't into it at all. So like having that fake relationship, I feel like was the key to the balance between her keeping her image and her being happy because like when she was not in a real like good relationship or where she was faking it, I feel like when she was faking it, she had like the book was more interesting obviously because it's not like real so you weren't like getting attached to them but you also felt like she was in a better place so I don't know I feel like this definitely was in my top husbands like this whole part I really liked it too um obviously like Evelyn with like her husbands didn't really have any connection like she did with Celia and so the fact that he was just as driven as she was in this career path I, I kind of like them. They just like build each other up and they got each other movie parts and acting. And um, so I just like that, like she really liked her career at this point because she was doing all these movies and they were helping each other. And obviously they had like outside relationships because he was sleeping with other people. And like, it didn't really matter because they had like more of a business relationship, I would say, obviously not a love relationship, but I really liked them. Like they really helped build each other up in the aspect of like their careers. Yeah, so I think those was kind of like the middle part of the book. And by this time, I was really, really invested. Um, but any, anyways, so Rex ends up, he doesn't cheat on her because they're in a fake relationship, but he goes back to his ex-lover. You know, I would like to see a whole book about that. That sounds pretty interesting to me. Um, but he gets her pregnant. And so Evelyn's like, well, what are we going to do about that? Because we can't be married and you have a baby with somebody else. So she develops. So I think we forgot to mention, but she has this very incredible friendship with this producer named Harry Cameron. And um, they say True Blue is very cute. Um, don't make me cry. Um, but anyways, they are in this very cute friendship relationship. And he is a um, he is gay. So Basically, they decide to develop this beard relationship and they'll and Evelyn and Rex will break up and he Harry tells her, hey, I kind of have somebody I'm kind of in love. And so Evelyn's like, great. But what about me? And this is kind of the part where her and Celia reconnect and they develop this sort of family with Harry and Evelyn and Celia and the other guy's name was Jane. I forget um but they developed this family so what were your thoughts on this part of the book this was my favorite part of the book I loved it so much especially there was like a maybe not necessarily for the Evelyn and Celia part but like Evelyn and Harry's relationship especially after they like had a kid oh my goodness that was so my heart I I loved it like I I think I I, I just love this part so much I don't even have any other words <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I loved it. I know you can go. Okay, I was just gonna say I absolutely like adored Harry. Like he's probably one of my favorite characters, and just in like the beginning, I feel like they clicked well, and the fact that they just kept like this friendship all the way to the end, and I feel like they were soulmates. Not like the love kind of soulmates, but like the friendship kind of soulmates, and just the end, like I, I cried. Like it was so sad. I did not expect that. It was heartbreaking. Like. I don't know, that was just really devastating to find out that he died. Um, I'm just going to chime in now and say that this was my favorite husband. Uh, this part of the book was just, this is when it finally started going for me. And I know like Hannah said, like the last part was when I really got going. But for me, this was like seeing like the character development. I feel like this one had the most character development for Evelyn and Harry. And then they had a child, which I was not expecting. And the child is, I think, the thing that kept them together and just their love. I feel like, like you said, they were soulmates as friends, not as like lovers. And that just, that really resonated with me. Yeah, I love this part. I just think that their relationship was just so genuine and everything just seemed to work out. Um, I loved it and I was also very, very sad when he died, but I didn't cry, which I just feel like I have no heart because Gabby told me she cried for like an hour. So, yeah. I um, cried so much when he died and like throughout the whole book, I was pretty much just crying. Yeah, I feel like so, like in the last pages, like maybe, um, I don't know when the first person died um, and then ahead, like I didn't stop crying. I just kept crying throughout the entire rest of the book. Um, and, I, and I just, I just um, say, said, texted Julia and said like, now I understand why people cry reading this book because, oh my God, this is so devastating. And then she texted me, texted me back saying that she didn't cry. And I, oh my God. Yeah, so um I think we forgot to mention a little part before this death, but she ends up marrying Max from her movie, which she has to do with Dawn, her abusive ex. And she has to do this implosive sex scene, um, which I mean, go girl, go bestie, go go get it, I guess. Um, because it really, and I think they have this whole commentary, which I felt like it was a weird commentary because we're in the middle of this book, but it was like a commentary about how this scene like really infiltrated like how Americans saw sex or whatever. And so I was like, all right, interesting commentary. Don't know if that was like, that was kind of weird in this thing, but I appreciated it. I liked it. Um, So Celia breaks up with her again because she's like, don't do this sex scene. And Evelyn's like, ooh, sorry, babe. I already did it. <laughs> so um, that was, I think it was very funny. I mean, it wasn't funny. It was very emotional because I was like, and then they break up again. Um, and so then it heads to this alone time with Connor, her daughter. I forgot to mention she, her, they named their daughter Connor and Harry. And Harry continues to have a relationship with, I forget his name. I'm sorry, James. I think it's James or something with a J. It's definitely yeah, James. I think it's John. 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 That's right. John. John. And then um, John dies. Uh, I think that's part of that. And then um, Harry is, and then we're about to get into spoilers. Harry has a new lover and he's drunk driving because he's very upset that John died. So he like becomes an alcoholic basically. And um, he like kills the guy in the car 
And Evelyn sees this, like, I don't know how she was at the right place in the right time. It was so weird. And her driver was named this guy named Nick. And like, all of a sudden, like she decides, I think what happens is she like switches the driver's seat or like cleans it up to make it seem like he, he wasn't the one driving so that he wouldn't get in trouble for killing this man. And um, then Harry dies. And then she like pays this guy off, Nick, so that he won't say anything to anybody. And so now we're at the part where we're like, all right, he died, but also WTF. Like you just like, that's a crime. Like You just like, you cleaned up an entire crime scene. <laughs> so thoughts about this part of the book? Oh, it was definitely crazy. I thought the same thing. I didn't even get like emotional or cry. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is illegal. But yeah, it was kind of crazy. And I feel like the whole part where it was like the guy, like the name of the person in the passenger seat was James Grant. I was like, oh my gosh, like Monique Grant, James Grant. I kind of connected the dots. But yeah, I feel like it was incredibly disrespectful. Like I know some readers are like, oh, this is like heroic for Evelyn to do that for her friend to get him out of trouble. But like, what about the other victim? Like, I feel like that's so incredibly disrespectful to him, like his family. They didn't get clarity about what happened. So that's what I thought. I'm not gonna lie, like, I feel like Monique was really irrelevant throughout the whole story. Like, I did not care about her whatsoever. I was only in it for Evelyn. So at the end, when they were, like, revealing the whole thing that um, Harry was in the car with Monique's dad, I was like, okay, and what? Like, I literally did not care at all. <laughs> and I feel like I was supposed to care a lot, but I, I really, I think the more shocking part was, like, what happened with Evelyn, <laughs> not... I didn't really care about Monique, sorry. <laughs> I feel like the reason we didn't really think that much about, about that thing with Monique is because I feel like she didn't really get that character development that um, she deserved in a way. Like, I, I felt like that, that thing about Monique getting a divorce was just thrown in the middle of the book for no reason because it was kind of useless. Like, we just have that part of the book that she's dealing with it. But then again, then she just comes back to Evelyn and all that. So I feel like, we didn't really get like a character development with Monique that's why like at the same time that it was shocking it didn't really add anything to the rest of the story but I feel like Monique definitely had a purpose because I was thinking the same way you you guys were but I think it was at like the very end like definitely like last 12 to 15 pages I think it's like her purpose was like because of the parallels that I think the author I don't know her name drew between Monique and Evelyn because you'll find that when um Monique was talking about how she finalized a divorce she did that because of Evelyn's story she did that because she was lacking like a Celia in her life and she felt that the person that she was engaged before I forgot his name was it was it Robert I don't remember what his name was, but something like that. And um, yeah, so I think that the purpose of Monique was kind of to draw those parallels between her and Evelyn. Yeah, um, to be honest, the whole that that was Harry was her dad's lover, Monique's dad's lover. I understand that that was supposed to be like a big twist for us, especially for if you already spoiled and you know that she was gonna be with Celia. But for me, I don't think that I really did it for me. And I think part of the reason why was that I think it was kind of unnecessary. It was, it, yeah, it was just, I think it was just a way for her to tie Monique and Evelyn together. And I think we could have done that in a different way that didn't make her rethink her entire childhood. Um, so I think that's like, I, I thought that was definitely very weird. And I don't know if you read like Beach Read or whatever, that book. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of that because 
she also gets letters from her dad and it like makes me really emotional because I'm like oh these letters from her dad but it's like also what's with these books and tying up and like weird daddy issues with like letters from their father because like if that were happening to me I don't think a letter would make me cry and be like okay I love you still I would be like what's happening like my whole life was a lie so I didn't appreciate it but I understand it um and so then I think what happens after this is she reunites with Celia and she marries her brother. I don't <laughs> because they have to be in another like weird relationship. And her brother kind of raises her daughter as well. And then it comes to a head and it's the end of the book. And Celia dies because they kind of connect because they figure out that Celia is about to die. So they have a couple years together at best. And then her daughter dies um so in the beginning she says that everyone she loves is gone and so and then she reveals to Monique that um the whole reason they're connected is because of um Harry's lover so what do we think about the ending of this book um yeah just I guess until the end because there's nothing more notable truly I did not care that Celia died um I had no no reaction at all but when her daughter died that that broke me and then because she her daughter died of breast cancer and how she was saying how they had to go to she had to go with her to chemo and then how Evelyn had breast cancer. I liked how that tied in. And then going back to the Harry's lover, that felt so rushed to me. And I honestly just thought it was funny because I just thought it was so random. Like it just felt like why? Why? Yeah, I agree. And I feel like part of the reason, like it felt, I hate saying this, but it felt kind of funny, like just weird noticing that whole dynamic was because again, the author didn't do a really, uh, this sounds so mean, but like she didn't do a great job at establishing like the importance of like James Grant and Monique Grant. And I feel like I was expecting more, like I don't want more depth, but I was just expecting something more significant because you'd think with like the urgency that she was like I need Monique Grant to write this no one else like you would think it was like oh that's her long lost daughter or oh like she knew her in another life or something yeah something crazy but it was just so minor so I didn't really do much for me I was so ready for her to be like I'm your mom <laughs> I was so ready and then it wasn't disappointing at the end I was just like okay so why was that whole entire thing necessary I guess like Evelyn felt like she needed to repay Monique for messing up her life and her viewpoint of her father but I don't know that just she made such a big deal about it in the beginning like you said like I really thought it was going to be some humongous like thing with them being like direct direct family but honestly like I think at the end of the book I really appreciated how Evelyn like she was a career woman her whole life like she did everything for herself and I I love that um I also think that it was really good commentary on how little we know about people's lives until they actually tell you. Like when you think about celebrities and real Hollywood and they have all these relationships, you it may be for some reason that they don't wanna share. And I think that like, it, we're so quick to make judgments about people without actually knowing the true story. And that's what I love so much about this book. But yeah, I honestly love like, books that go on narratives of entire people's lives so I I really enjoyed it overall um funny story I was uh I was telling my mom about this and I was like guess how they're connected and she loves Korean dramas because we're Korean and she was like don't tell me that she's her long lost daughter and her dad had an affair with her and I was like no 
so it's a little bit more complicated than that but um yeah I cried so much at the end um I'm also just a really emotional person and like I'm really dramatic when I get emotional too so I was like (laughs) but like also it was emotional and I cried and I was like this is so sad but also I cry all the time like I literally cried there's this like scene in the hating game which is not a crying book like I just cried like um Hannah do not spoil it I'm reading it right now no it's in the beginning it's the beginning it's like after the elevator scene and like they're at the bar and then like and then she and then she's like you make me feel so worthless and then (laughs) I thought that was funny I cried because you can either make it like a really funny thing or you can make it an emotional thing. And I was like, that's emotional. I was crying too. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, why am I crying right now? I'm reading a romance. This is not it. (laughs) You literally bullied her. Why am I crying? Um, anyways, um, everybody else, I think this is, can just lead into like, um, what did we, I think we can just, now that we've summarized, I think we could just lead into like, what did we think about the book overall? Like, what was our ratings? I think everyone should just go around and say what they thought of the book overall, why, and then like rating and why. Um, so whoever wants to start. Okay, I guess I'll go first. I was just going to say, um, before we moved on from the crying thing, I was actually sobbing at the end of this book with all the deaths. And I was like texting him. I'm like, I'm crying right now. Like, you need to finish this book as soon as possible. And so, like, one of the big things was, like, the cancer storyline, and that's, like, that really hit home for me. So I was just sobbing the whole time. And then um, Marjorie by Taylor Swift was playing in the background, and I don't know if you guys know that song. It's so sad. I was sobbing. I was just sobbing. that song. It's such a good song, but I was just sobbing, and then I finished the book with a twist. So pointless, but I was like, okay. I was like, okay, and, like, what do you want me to do about that? Like, so pointless. But this book, I think the biggest thing with me is, like I said, slow start. It was a little slow at the beginning. So when I was rating this book, I ended up giving it like a four and a half out of five. And I rounded it up to a five personally, just because like, I mean, that's like the rounding rules that we learn in the first grade. But I just felt like that was just the part of the book that the ending is what made it for me. Like, that's what made it so worth it was like reading it and like seeing her finally be happy after like all this like these relationships not working out she found true love she found true happiness and then it all fell to shit um I'm sorry for swearing but that's literally the end of the book all everyone dies like it's so sad I felt so bad for her and I just was like I that's that's why I was crying it was just that I I cried I just I cried because I felt so bad for her because she was doing she was popping off in life and then it just all went to crap yeah I agree except I don't think like I didn't consider it a five just because just as I don't have to round it up I give it a 4.48 and I really think that like I'm sorry I'm sorry you can edit this part out but I really think that it did a great job of kind of drawing parallels in between Evelyn's life and then Monique's even though she played a pretty irrelevant role in the story and I also feel like it was very like the ending it was very it was giving rush like it was just kind of like this person dies and they die then they die it's like and all of them are dead I was like I feel like we didn't have a lot of time like to develop those storylines but overall it was a really really good read I enjoyed it so much yeah um I guess I'll go next um just one thing following up what and what Matthew said a part that I was sobbing was when she um she was at the funeral and then she went to Harry's um I don't know thing and she she cried and talked to him I lost everything with that one I was 
oh, I had to stop. Like I actually closed my book and I was just like contemplating life and stop. I just cried so much. Uh, but anyways, I would give, I don't know if we should round up or not, but I would give like a 4.5, even though like we had those kind of useless parts of the plot. I feel like Evelyn's story did it for me. Um, it was so interesting. And that thing that, that Hannah said about, like, we truly don't know what's going on in a person's life, even if they're in a public eye and we feel like we know everything about that person. We actually don't really. Um, and I feel like I, I just love Evelyn. She's a badass. Um, and the deaths, even though they broke me, it also made the book great. So it was super emotional. And I, yeah, I loved it. 4.5 for me. Yeah, I also gave it a 4.5. Um, I didn't cry. I I just didn't. Uh, it was sad, but it wasn't sad enough for me to cry, I guess. Um, but I thought like the story was great. Um, I usually don't read like these types of books. Usually I read like dystopian or like romances. And then I really liked like reading a new type of book. I thought it was really interesting. And also like, I also thought the the ending parts were kind of useless, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought uh, the book was really well written. So yeah, I liked it. I gave the book a five on Goodreads, but honestly, I don't know if I would stick with that. But personally, I did cry a lot and I got pretty emotional, I would say. But then again, was it the best book I've read? No. Was it the worst? No. So probably a 4.5 because I feel like I rate things really highly because if I like the book, I'm giving it a five. And if I don't like it, that's like a four or a three. Like I'm that person. I don't think I've ever rated anything lower than a three on Goodreads. But then also when I finished the book, I literally had to go to dinner right after and my whole family made fun of me for crying over a book. And I was like, you guys just don't know. You don't understand. But overall, I really liked it. Didn't like a lot of the characters. Loved Harry though. He, he was great. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, I rated it a five out of five. I love this book so much. It's one of my favorites. Um, I think I loved it so much honestly because I read it on audiobook like I really liked hearing it from because it was like it was almost as if she was telling me her life story and like when she was upset she sounded upset in the book like I, I felt all the emotions I loved it honestly like if you haven't read it as an audiobook I would honestly recommend it if you want to reread it but I loved Evelyn I honestly see a lot of myself in her and I I loved it I yeah <laughs> I had like obviously there were some like little things that I didn't like about it and I did think the ending was super rushed but overall as a whole like from what I took from it was way more than what I didn't like about it. I would also give it like a five out of five I was rounding it up and I feel like I forget who said it but I feel like the end was also rushed and I just feel like it was Harry's dad and then it was Celia's dad and then it was Connor's dad and it was just that 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 and I did cry when Celia died because I just feel like 
they went through like so much just to have a relationship that like no one should have to go through like no one should have to go through like that lens to like have a relationship and the fact that was um homophobia was still present and i'm not saying it's like not present now it still is but like way more than it was back then and i just i feel like when um we found out that it was like her dad i was just like Oh, because like we were talking about before, I just want to go back before, when like I found out that she's going to have a daughter, I feel like she's going to give her up for like adoption or something. And then Monique was going to like end up being her daughter. But it didn't turn out that way when like she was like 13 and she had like, she was like 14 and she had like a threesome or something. And I was just so shocked at that part. But I think it was a really good book. And um, I know that people said it was like really slow at start and I do agree, but it was like the good kind of slow because I know that I've read some books that are like, extremely slow and I have like a huge pile of books that are like half read because they're just so boring and I can't get into it, but it was an amazing book overall. Um, okay, so for me, I gave it a 4.75 out of 5. Um, I had to take points off because Again, I, we're going to get into this in the next part, but um, some characters just really didn't do it for me. And there were certain plot points that I was like, I understand that, but I think it could have been developed a little bit more. Um, but I've actually never, I, but I had to give it such, I had to round up to five because I've actually never read a book that has been so entertaining. Like, so like, I mean, I've read books where I've been sucked in and like more than this, but I've never read a book that like, kept me wondering what was going to happen or I was like this is interesting like this is interesting like I was so like I was so like conflicted and like vexed and like oh all of it um and I have like a bit of a commentary so like I like how honest this book is so like I'm gonna read a little bit of my Goodreads review because I think that really summarized how I felt about it. But I like how honest this book is. And I know that's very very ironic because of the subject matter but like I think um yeah, um, and I think that people often read because we want to like escape reality. And um, I definitely do. But I think this book really gives you um, a bit of a reality in a way that isn't like too depressing because I know there's some books that like try to be really literal and like really fictiony and they're like, this is the next great American novel. And this is not the next. And this, this book is like, I know I'm not the next great American novel. I'm just a book that a lot of people are going to enjoy. Um, and I think a part that I really found interesting like to dissect it is like, no matter how much we think we know someone, we'll never know the full scope of everything. We'll, we'll never know, you know, we'll never know every little thought they've had. We'll never know if they secretly hated us or we'll never know the things that they won't like even fully admit to themselves, you know? Um, and even though we've heard Evelyn's life story, we've heard all this stuff, we'll never, we'll never like fully know Evelyn, like we'll never fully still know her. Um, and I think that's like commentary on what she was trying to say. And also um, we're only, and that's with like everybody in our life. We're only, only the parts we're given and the parts that we give to ourselves um, are really what we know about people. And so I think that's something that gave me a lot to think about um, and also just how entertaining it was. So I had to give it a 4.75 out of five and um yeah it really made me emotional because I was like wow lots to lots to think and I was like that's how I know we picked the right book for this because I was very scared that we picked the wrong book for this at first I was like uh-oh um but yeah I think we kind of touched on it but I think we should move on next to our favorite and least favorite characters or um anything that we just let's do like a favorites and like 
not favorites. Like, I think everyone should just go around and say like, what's something that was their favorite, whether it's a character, plot point, scene, passage, and then what's something that they extremely disliked, like something that they were kind of like, oh, maybe that shouldn't have been in there. Um, so yeah, just. Um, for me, I know it's basic, but my favorite is definitely Evelyn. I feel like obviously she was a focal like point of the entire book. She did a really great job of kind of explaining everything, connecting it to real life. And also teaching like important values of the importance of a career because I feel like a lot of times, um, this sounds so corny, but like the whole like societal thing is that jobs aren't really like what we're here for. Like it's all about relationships when you can be passionate about a job and people that you love and relationships with like just friends. And so I feel like she taught those really important lessons. And a plot point that I really hated was when I literally forgot his name, Don Andler, when he came back, Feel like that is that his name is that correct when he came back towards like the middle ish of the book I, I hated that it made me like a little empathetic for him because he became like a little more obscure he wasn't doing as well like he had divorced his ex-wife both of them I just it made me feel a little empathetic and I hated it I had to like slap myself in the face be like no he's an abuser like you you cannot like him so yeah I just didn't like the whole plot point of him coming back and kind of making us feel bad but yeah um, for me, I would say that my favorite part, um, my favorite scene was when Evelyn kissed the TV and she chipped her tooth. I love that scene so much. Um, and I also just really appreciated um, Evelyn's, just her mindset. I think that she's a very like, I guess it's like a survival of the fittest mindset for her and she has to be the fittest, you know, and I I love that because I think I'm a really competitive person when it comes to what I want to. And I, I feel like sometimes in books, the like there's, you know, that stereotypical main character. I especially think of it like with fantasy novels. And I just kind of think that they're not relatable sometimes. Like they just have daggers strapped to their thighs and know how to like do archery when they've lived in their castle their whole life. And I just don't think that's very, um, I don't think that's very relatable and I don't think that Evelyn's life is necessarily relatable but I think that like the struggle that she went through and the lessons she learned along the way were um and I think my least favorite part of the book was Monique's whole divorce situation like just her weird relationship on the side like I did not care honey I'm so sorry like <laughs> she was having this whole entire relationship conflict at the same time when she was um documenting Evelyn's story and I was just I just did not care <laughs> at all. <laughs> For me, I'm pretty much the same as Amara. Um, I, Evelyn was my favorite. And as Amara said, like her mindset, I feel like the way she saw things. And even in the beginning, when she was trying to kind of um, convince Monique to, to do her biography, she was the way she was acting towards her. It just really stood out for me. Um, and I just think she she's amazing um and as for my least favorite part it was this whole thing with Monique, Monique because even though I know that the book is about Evelyn I feel like if we had a little bit more of character character development we would have um like th these other things that would that were revealed for uh, to us for about Monique would be way more meaningful than just like thrown out there you know yes and also you just reminded me of something Gabby going off of what you said 
I noticed like from the first like 10 pages that they tried to like the author tried to force plot points and like descriptions of Monique like she was biracial woman and stuff like that and I feel like that was so unnecessary given that she didn't really like develop the relevance of her being biracial I I don't know and then also I noticed the author was white and I feel like she didn't really do a great job at kind of capturing the whole thing that like is being biracial because even like one thing she mentioned was like I'm biracial it's hard to explain that like while I look black, I'm biracial. And that really like caught me. I had to stop reading for a second because people that are that look black and are biracial are black, like they're both. So it was just kind of weird that the author didn't really have a great grasp of that whole concept. But yeah, that distracted me. Um, for me, my favorite part was definitely the Harry, like that whole part with Harry and their relationship. And then also I have a quote that I wrote down. I can't even tell you guys which like chapter it comes from, but I just wrote it down in my notes app. And I'm pretty sure it's Evelyn who says it. And it's never let anyone make you feel ordinary because I'm like a huge like motivational person. And that really stuck out to me like a quote, like you can be like your true self. And I feel like throughout this whole book, you kind of have her not being her true self um, because she's like afraid of what the public eye might think. But then when she finally gets that true happiness towards the end, and like I said, and then it all just falls apart, it just really, it really was so good. And then the thing I didn't like was Monique, her like whole character, like her whole plot line. What was that? What was that? Like, it just felt so unnecessary. Like as I'm reading it, like I read the last 120 pages in one sitting because it was so good. But then when they like interrupted that with like the whole divorce, I was like, why? I was like, I want to finish this and I want it to be good. So like, just get out of the way. It just felt like someone was blocking the road. And I just was, I was really mad about that. But other than that, great book, very much. I recommend it. I think my favorite character was also Evelyn, sorry, was also Evelyn because I feel like the book does like a really good job of bringing like issues that aren't like very much discussed. Like um, she's like a Cuban woman, but she can't get a role as an actress. So she has to look white because she dyes her hair blonde and all that just to fit in and to get roles. They talk about um, how women are like used to sex objects and how she would have sex with some of the directors to get parts and to get things. And um, not only that, but like issues regarding like being queer, being queer back then and the amount of times like she struggled to keep her relationship because she's questioning her sexuality. And I just feel like they brought in a lot of topics and the way that they did was like amazing. Like I loved it. And um, it also like teaches you that, I think someone already said this, but like you can't, you, you won't know things about people, like the, the, image, the image that they put out until they like tell you things about their life and the things that we learn. Like I, when I read the title, I just assumed that it was kind of the thing where like you marry old guy or some guy with money and then you divorce and then you move on or something like that. But um, just like the things that she's faced is so heartbreaking. And um, my favorite scene was um, like Matthew said, like all the scenes with Harry, like I absolutely loved. But the one like where she won an Oscar, I think they both won an Oscar, I'm not sure. But um, I just thought that was like amazing because that's like what she wanted her whole life to be an actress and to win awards. And the fact that she did end up winning an award was amazing. And then my least favorite also was Monique. Like 
um, again, like also Matthew said, Isaac really didn't care about her part. Like I just wanted more of Evelyn. Like I honestly couldn't care that she was going through a divorce or like her husband or whatever like issues she was having. I just, it, it didn't like the way that the author wrote it didn't like the way that the, the way that she wrote it didn't really like fit in. Like it came in like weird parts and the fact that they would talk about a husband and then it would talk about her life, like Monique's life and then back to her husband. I just feel like I didn't really care about her life, but yeah, it was just an amazing book overall. Yeah, I agree. My favorite character again was Evelyn. I think she's an amazing woman. I was so inspired by her. And like Matthew said, I loved the part with Harry, but I also loved the part when she moves to Spain because I just thought uh, she was like so happy there because she and Celia were finally like together and in a good relationship. So I really liked that. And the thing I didn't like was again, Monique. I just think it was unnecessary. So I think it's obvious I really didn't like Celia and I don't feel bad about that. And then I liked Harry. I think what a lot of people were saying, I thought Evelyn was super relatable. I mean, obviously we can't really relate to her lifestyle, but the things she had to go through, I think it was just relatable. And also I like the part of being able to see like famous person, even if she's not, if even if she's like fictional, just seeing how they're real people too and how she had these really human qualities. And I thought that was really interesting. So I enjoyed that. But again, I could not deal with Celia. Um, okay, so for me, I think my favorite part of the book was really the conversation that was being created. I think of the author. Okay, so first, I think I should talk about the dislike then, because I think the author really tried to be as diverse as possible as Halima mentioned with like the biracial thing and all this stuff with like race and sexuality. And I appreciated her, um, I appreciated that she tried that. Um, what I don't appreciate is that I feel like she tried that but didn't put any research behind it to make sure that it was an authentic take on that. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have um, experienced this, but recently I get a lot of, I'm a junior, so I get a lot of college emails and I get targeted diversity ones. And the thing about that is that they try to be as diverse as possible without doing the actual work. So I do think that she put in some work. I just think that it wasn't fleshed out enough. And I think that as Halima said, I think it was just so that she could say that it was like a diverse, like it was diverse, this book is diverse, you know, without actually having the actual authentic authenticity of what it's like to be biracial in America or what it's like to be a person of color. And um and I, I think that it would have been just fine if Evelyn wasn't. Like I feel like it would have been the same book because there was no discussion about her race really, um, if she just made her, and I'm not trying to criticize her for being white or whatever. I'm just saying, if it was that way, I think it would have been the exact same. Um, and so I, what I do appreciate though, in her attempts at being diverse is her really candid discussion and really thorough actually about women and objectification and sexuality and um, just sex in general, I feel like was a very important topic in this book. And I feel like she did a very good job of showing what it's kind of like to be a woman and also like how women are objectified by others and how women use their 
uh, how they how people who are objectified use that to their advantage and seen as kind of like a villain almost. Um, and so my one of my favorite um, passages was like that is she's talking about how. Um, Dawn is trying to ruin her life and she's like that is the fastest way to ruin a woman's reputation after all to imply that she has not adequately threaded the needle that is being sexually satisfying without ever appearing to desire sexual satisfaction um so I think that is a huge issue in our world right now it's almost like women need to be sexy but also women need to pipe down and they're not allowed to um act on their sexuality. So I think that was a very important part of this book. And I really appreciated the conversation because I think growing up as a young woman, it has been very hard for me to um, like, you know, grasp that subject because I've been told my whole life that is shameful if you're a slut, you know, it's shameful if you're that, but also I want you to be sexy, you know? So I think that's a very important um, dress and I really appreciated that. Okay, um, so I think we can just, um, okay, it's been a very long recording. So I think we can just kind of wrap up, like what is everyone's final final thoughts, feelings, any final questions we can bring in um, before we end this? Or does anybody else have anything else to say about the book um, that they find important that they wanna say? I actually have a question. I just thought of it like five minutes ago for you guys. Okay, do you guys think that this book should have a sequel? And if you do think it should, what would it be about? Okay, so after I finished, I went straight online and I was like, does this author have any other books? And is there a sequel? Uh, she does have other books. However, there's not a sequel. So when you ask the question, the first thing that came to my mind is I would like to see some more depth to maybe some of the certain characters. I know I'm like a broken record. I really loved the Harry chapter. I would maybe like to see something a little bit about more about like his life before like them leading up to his unfortunate death or maybe something with like Celia. I hope I said that right. I think I might've got it, but her life as much as she was not as likable as like the other characters, I would have liked to see like what happened like with her while they didn't talk for like 10, 15 years and like to see maybe the story from her perspective like from the very beginning when she was like really mad, like super biphobic, like I would like to see something from like there all the way up to her death with like her happiness with Evelyn. I think that would be like just to see some maybe like other perspectives of the book or maybe even like a prequel I think could be really done well, but just kind of forget the whole Monique character and like her whole like storyline because truthfully I didn't care. Yeah, I honestly, I, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Okay. Um, I honestly don't think this needs a sequel, and I kind of would not want there to be one, but if for some reason Taylor Jenkins Reid felt like she needed to do something else with it, um, I honestly think it would be kind of interesting to see the marriages from the husband's point of views, like what they were getting out of it, and if they had different intentions with it, um, like especially with... Um, maybe Rex or um, with Dawn, um, especially the first time around. I, I think that would be pretty interesting, but I honestly don't really want her to make a sequel because I feel like it might mess everything up. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think um, she needs to, to write a sequel, but if she had to, um, I, I agree with Matthew. I wouldn't re really want to read a sequel from the, the point uh, in which the book finished 
after everything, I would like to like read a book kind of knowing a little bit more of the story of other characters, you know? Um, yeah, I don't think a sequel is necessary. I like the way, um, I like the way that it is. And I, I even like that we don't get any of the husband's input because I really feel like it's a book focused on a one woman and how one woman feels and um, like a viewpoint from a woman, which I think adds to, again, like the sex positive and the feminist kind of stance she was trying to take because it really isn't about her husbands. The title is Evelyn, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, but that is not the whole point. Of, the whole point isn't about her seven husbands as, you know, rude as that is. It's, it's really not. It's about Evelyn. And um, it's not even about Celia really either. It's just, it's just Evelyn and her finding out herself. And so I think that it does not need a sequel. Um, so does anybody else have any other final thoughts or questions before we wrap this up? Any other inputs, any slight injections? All right, then I think that was, hold on, let me pull this up. I think that was our first edition of Podcast Book Club or the page turners as our page lover. What was it called again? What was it called again, Matthew? The page turners. You yeah, had it the right. Page turners. <laughs> the page turners. Um, and we will definitely be doing this again. I mean, do you guys want to do this again? If you wanted to, we would love to. Um, and I will we'll chat about the next book because I think this is very fun. Um, and if you guys, people who are listening, like this episode, then we'll definitely bring it back because what's more fun than a cool book club? Cool book club full of a lot of amazing podcasts. So we're probably like mixing audiences right now. Um, and uh, you know, what book should we cover? You know, like that's a question I would like to ask the audience. Like, what books would you like to see us discuss? Um, I can't promise we'll do it because if it's something ridiculous, we won't. But you know, what kind of books, you know, what kind of books do you want to see us um cover? Um, and so yeah, that's kind of it. Yes, we really hope you enjoyed this special podcast book club and our special guests and make sure to check out all their amazing podcasts. I guess well, I, I'm oh. sorry. I was just going to say like on behalf of everyone, thank you so much to Hannah and Dwani for having us. I can pretty much say for all of us, we had a great time. And it was like great to hear like other people's opinions because like when you're reading a book, you know like what you think. But like to hear other people's thoughts, especially like friends, like your podcast friends from like all over the world, which I think is so cool to kind of just come together and talk about this book was so amazing. So thank you both so much for having us. Yeah, everything he just said. <laughs> um, yeah, so kind of off script but thank you guys for thank you guys so much for wanting to be a part of this um we'll probably maybe even add more people next time if people want to join um and i had so much fun make sure to go check out that's so matthew just a podcast a little perspective seriously not seriously and the girly girl podcast see i memorize all of them um and we really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and hopefully you took away something from it Yes, please let us know and share our podcast with family and friends. And if you support us, let us know by following our Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. Anyways, again, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know if you did. We post episodes every Friday and make sure to check out our Instagram for updates. Um, thanks again to our special guests from all these amazing podcasts. We'll definitely link them and you should definitely go listen to them because if you ever wondered what my favorite podcasts are, there you have it. 
Our podcast is dedicated to sharing advice and today's confessionals and giving you peace of mind on all things impacting teens today. 